We're gathered here today to celebrate the life of a human named Robert who was devoured by a rabid flock of pelicans, toucans, seagulls, birds of all nature who were feeding on fermented scraps and potato chips, gummy worms and hot dogs that were left in the trash, cans of unmaintained zoos in Nicaragua. They broke out of the zoo after killing all staff members at the facility, flew to America, and zeroed in on Robert, talking to himself in his closet. They eat him, they eat him, bit by bit, bit by bit, leaving only, leaving only unrecognizable, unrecognizable scraps, scraps. Spoon around the room, around the room, on the ceilings, the, the floor, ceilings, the floor, and most of the clothes, of the clothes which did not belong to him, belong to him. Seen, seen, it's morbid, it's morbid, unforgettable, unforgettable. Some of the police officers and paramedics involved in the situation have been admitted to mental evaluation clinics due to extreme trauma. This life is not for the faint of heart. In fact, in fact, Hello there, welcome to another episode of Inside the Mindless. As you can tell, I am not really dead, (laughs) but uh, I am going through one of the countless deaths that we all go through throughout our lives. Take a little drink. When we involuntarily usher ourselves into... a new way of living and it happens to all of us whether we admit admit it or not or want to but um, we've gone through so many changes in such a short amount of time and it's not really about how much time you've wasted or how much time you've spent here. It's what you've done in that time. And uh, it's only a waste if you make it. And I think I've come to a point now where I'm, uh, it's safe to say that I have wasted quite a, quite a lot of time. And It's high time I stop. I'm going to start doing things that I really want to do, what I've always wanted to do, and I'm just going to do them instead of talking about them. Like this podcasting thing. Like, I really like doing this. I like talking. Um, I like talking to myself for some reason, but not in a crazy way. I'm not like cuckoo, but I like hashing things out that I don't know. Uh, it's hard for me to to 
to get it across to anybody else and it's hard for me to put it down on a piece of paper and I've said this before you know it's hard for me to do that and I listen to a lot of podcasts because I'm so antisocial and like have so much social anxiety that I listen to podcasts as my source of human interaction basically so you know I love this form of journaling of putting my feelings out in the world and knowing that it's going to be there to benefit me in whatever way that I see fit to benefit me and uh yeah I've been wanting to start podcasts for a while and this one is just kind of like my uh putting my little tipsy toesies inside the water and seeing how cold or hot it is and just I'm trying to figure out you know audio stuff like you know using cool effects and adding music and stuff like that and like uh, so just want to see what it's like to do it and I wanted to start a conspiracy theory or like you know a alternate narrative journalism podcast and uh and what about music, maybe? Like a podcast where, you know, I can interview local artists or, you know, artists I've I've played with, artists I've met, seen live, uh, friends of mine that are artists. And not just music, but like, you know, crafting, poets, painters, you know, just any kind of art and just have a platform for that too. So I have a few ideas for a few different podcasts I'd like to start but this one's just my uh, my little introduction. <laughs> but yeah, it's coming to a point in my life where I need to start grabbing the reins and leading this horse to where it needs to go on my own. I'm um, <clears throat> I'm not dead. There are no rabid pelicans and toucans and birds of any nature eating me but uh, those birds were a representation of myself I'm a toucan I'm the toucan that's devouring me I'm killing myself figuratively, spiritually, I'm killing the old me I'm I'm killing the Robert that uh, convinced himself that he needed something he needed someone he needed an outside source to validate his purpose here on this earth i'm killing that robert because it's weak and it's like romanticized everywhere you know like there's freaking love movies that don't make sense and about situations that never happen and relationships that don't exist (laughs) you know like love is a beautiful thing and falling in love is a beautiful thing it's great man it's fucking fun it's it feels good it uh it's it's a part of life but um to to base your whole life around that surround your entire existence around 
a relationship, it's unhealthy. And I was listening to a Duncan Trussell, uh, Duncan Trussell Family Hour. If you're not familiar with that, you should go check it out. And he said something along the lines of like, you ever think maybe your obsession with your relationship is selfish in itself? How you putting this person first no matter what is selfish and it's not attractive at all? I mean, and it's true. It's a very weak mind frame to put yourself into. It's a very weak thing to to think. Like, oh my god, I would be nothing if it wasn't for you. <sighs> Where would I be if you didn't exist? Oh no. If you were gone, I would just be lost. You complete me. You know, things like that. It's just like, yeah, dude, it sounds it sounds great. I'm sure the initially whenever somebody says that to you and that spark is fucking bright and the flames are fucking roaring and you feel things for each other and you just love hearing how much you mean to them because they mean so much to you at that point in time. But after a while, this person's entire existence is based off of uh, their feelings for you. You start to realize that they don't—they don't have themselves. You know, like they—they're not stable enough to give anybody anything because they can't give themselves what they are looking desperately for in somebody else. And. Uh, yeah, I'm that fucking desperate, hopeless, romantic guy. And, you know, like, I'm just, I, I, I fall, man, and I fall deep, and, and I fell deep for, I fell very deep for this person, and I still love, you know, I'm gonna call her B. Um, you know, this recent ex. I still love her to death, but and I'm very glad that she is in my life still, you know, that I can still be her friend, and, like, we're still on very good terms, you know, the awkwardness is fading, and I think, I think she listened to my first episode, <laughs> I think she listened to my first, and she's like, oh, well, he actually does have a good grasp of what's going on here, but it's hard for me to relay that to her, because... I still have feelings for her, you know what I mean? Like, but, and, I mean, that's understandable. I'm sure she's still somewhere deep down inside. <laughs> you know, hey, hopeful thinking, hey, hey, keep it, but whatever, you know? You know, we both do have a lot of love for each other, and that's great, and I feel very fort- fortunate that I could still have her in my life because I'm very grateful for for having her in my life in the first place. She's helped me out in so many ways, you know, like, I put down the hooch, haven't been drinking as much as I did before I met her, you know, um, just focusing on things uh, to better myself, and she, she's helped me, um, tighten my head on my shoulders quite a bit in the time that I've known her, or known her as close as I have, and, um, Yeah, I think if she or anybody were to ever desire to be with me as a partner, I think they would deserve to have the best me, and I am not the best me right now, 
I'm a pretty mediocre me right now. And uh, that's why, you know, those rabid birds from Nicaragua had to fly to America and devour me. So that they can keep those little itty bits and pieces of me in their guts. And... Hopefully, birth a new and improved, stronger Robert, who's smart and I know not to make these mistakes anymore, you know, not to fucking rely on something, someone, uh, to make me love me again. I mean, man. I remember in high school, I was fucking, I, I was fucking set. In my head, I, I, I knew, I didn't think, I didn't have ambition, I knew that I was going to be a famous musician. And it didn't happen. I mean, hey, ain't dead yet, yeah? Uh, ain't dead yet. But, uh, <laughs> I, but like in my head then, I thought it was going to happen, you know, as soon as I dropped out of school. And I dropped out of school in sophomore year. I was 16, I believe. Yeah, 16. <laughs> Sorry, I do that sometimes. It's not a real fart, if you're listening. It was my mouse. But, um... Yeah, man, I was... I was one of those Christopher Drew carbon copies back in 2011. 10, 11... 12 I don't know if you know who Christopher Drew is Never Shout Never and back then he was just like a culture change you know it was like this half hippie half neon pop scene kid like it's crazy how like things morphed into cause like Warp Tour was like this hardcore you know punk rock hardcore tour but you'd go there and see like some fucking asking Alexandria just like some hardcore shit and then the next stage over you'll see like Christopher Drew which is like like I said just uh like neon poppy just like the 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 smell of hairspray melting off of sweating kids heads while they're moshing Let me see if I can find a a good example of this is the kind of shit. Oh, ads. Oh boy. One second there, one second there. No, if you can hear that. Just simple stuff like that, you know? If you don't know who this is, you know, you can just take a fucking walk, man. Take a fucking walk. But you couldn't have a song like this without the fucking dance part. Yeah. Well, anyways. 
We were all carbon copies of this person. I can't wait till I can get video so I can just like, put fucking pictures up. I wouldn't show you old pictures of me. Or I might. I don't know. I'm kind of breaking out of my shell. <laughs> Getting to a point where I, I'm done being um, <clears throat> ashamed of who I once was and who I am now. Like I said, rest in peace, Robert. We're gonna die, we're gonna relive, we're gonna die, and we're gonna relive, we're gonna die, and we're gonna relive. And that's fine. And I'm proud of all the old, old me's and new me's. Proud of them all. Oh yeah, I was so sure I was gonna, I, I wrote dinky songs like that. Um, I'd put them on YouTube. Make little CDs. And God, like, I don't know what it was. Uh, ambition and confidence in me back then. I, I've, I've seen these YouTube videos that I had, and they were just so cringy. I'm going to get my dog some water really quick. One momento. Sorry about that. My dog was thirsty. It's thirsty. <clears throat> well, yeah, I was so positive I was going to be on a warp tour. <laughs> I tried hard. I did play, you know, I uh, played a couple shows, a few shows at White Rabbit. Just like practically an open mic show at White Rabbit. You know, it wasn't like show up and sign up, but, you know, you would, uh, contact this guy named Chris Blakey through the muse the mosaic a mosaic 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 I don't know what the word is people have told me different things but uh this guy named Chris he was a cool dude man he really helped out a lot of local artists um like me and a bunch of other like acoustic and just local local artists just wanted to play wanted to get on stage he would Put him up on stage. It was really nice of him. He actually uh, ended up getting into a good relationship with another group of my friends on their own terms because uh, I ended up joining their band, uh, Stomping on Iris, played bass for them. And uh, their singer, Mario, who's the nephew of um, my best, well, one of my best friends, John, who is the guitarist. And Mario, man, was just like. He was a manager, if, if anything, man. This guy was such a good band member. He would book shows. He would get contact people. He would plan tours and shit like that. He made t-shirts. He he did it. He did a lot of shit, man, behind the scenes. But uh, Chris Blakey would uh, book them shows, and they would open for, like, a story so far, Sea uh, Haven, set it off, like, these, inter uh, these nationally touring bands... And I, I don't know. I, the, well, from what I've heard, this Chris person did not pay bands equivalent to how much they were bringing into the door. <laughs> but hey, you gotta make your business somewhere. He was at least giving them exposure and 
shit. But yeah, it was real cool, you know, just knowing who I was back then. Back then I just knew that I was a musician and I allowed myself to be surrounded by musicians. And you know what? Thinking about it back then in, in high school, nobody ever wanted to date me. Nobody dated me. Girls didn't talk to me. Nobody was interested in me, so I wasn't really interested in anybody. So I didn't have, like, that obsession with relationships or outside sources. I had me. Like, I literally, from the moment I woke up, I was playing guitar. I was writing dinky songs. I was skipping class, writing songs. I wasn't going to parties. I was staying home, writing songs. So, like, you know, I think that was the best thing for me. I learned, I was good at being alone I was really good at being alone then uh I could god I could just be alone indefinitely then and I was just completely and utterly happy and now I don't know when I just I developed oh maybe it was just like my first relationship (laughs) the first time I ever fucking you know had any sort of affection thrown my way or any kind of attention that wasn't like oh look at those jeans why are you, oh, why are you wearing skinny jeans you're queer <laughs> or fucking nice hair or you know whatever the fuck god if you could say it just google scene kids 2010 that was it that was the fucking shit dude neon scene colored pants fun it's fun time that's another thing i miss was you know like i used to get up and wanted to look good for me you know i knew nobody was interested in me i'm from a small town where if either you were like fucking a thug or you were a fucking cowboy rancher and then there was like a handful of like hardcore kids and only like out of those hardcore kids there was only a tiny fraction of them were like seen seen kids seen seen kids uh, it was a rarity. But I used to get up in the morning, straighten my motherfucking hair, tease it, hairspray galore, get all fancied up for me, man. Nobody wanted to fuck me. I did it for me. That's something I'm trying to, you know, get back into, is just trying to feel good for me, man. Me. Enough of this uh, attitude of, like, Oh, dude, I just roll out. I just roll out of bed and I just fucking go through my day because I don't really give a fuck. It's like, nah, bruh, nah, man, I give a fuck. I'm gonna start giving a fuck too, cause I need to, man. That shit's not attractive. It's not fucking. It's not fucking. It's not Gucci, bruh. It's not Gucci. It's not Gucci cheese. Yeah, I dropped out of school. Man, I was just positive I was going to be a fucking famous musician. I tried, man. I tried for a good bit, you know. Unfortunately, you know, I was kicked out of my uh, you know, house. Ah, I decided to leave. I moved in with a, that my first relationship. I moved in with her and my best friend, John. And that when that didn't work out, I didn't have anything else to fucking fall back on. So ended up being surrounded by bad people getting addicted to bad things and uh, lost my 
ambition and lost my uh, ability to see the greatness that I was because of me. Because, oh, dude, everybody's first heartbreak is probably the worst. Because you don't know what to think. You don't even know if it's real. Like, you never felt that shit before. So when you have it, you're just like, oh, it's over? That's just how it is? That's just how, it, like, things just end. Oh, my God. In my first relationship, I moved in with her, my best friend, and my best friend's girlfriend at the time. And it seemed like we lived together for fucking years. We were only together for, like, six months from beginning to end of relationship. <laughs> It's such a dumb fucking thing. And then when it ended, it was like, oh, no, I'm not worth anything. I'll never be worth anything. And then you just give up because you lost your first fucking bullshit relationship. It doesn't make any sense. But yeah, that's what happened, man. You know, what that first little taste of loss of ambition led me to surrounding myself with people who were into you know some bad things i got into some bad things and don't get me wrong i love doing bad things i like doing bad things <laughs> i mean i did i liked it i mean it felt good at the time you know the first times you get into addictions and stuff like that like yeah they're good distractions but then once those good distractions become another problem in which you need a distraction from Oh, that's whenever you realize, oh shit, three years have gone by, I'm 19 years old, and sleeping outside with nowhere to go, and no ambition, and no real self-purpose no purpose because you haven't been loving yourself for three years you've been loving the distractions be that substances uh parties um god i remember you know being in my hometown and just going to quote-unquote parties when basically just like rooms there was this Roach Motel, just like this abandoned hotel in my hometown that somebody owned, and it was just filled with addicts, you know, just people just room after room, just packed, just filled with people just doing their own things, some people drawing, some people make, fucking taking their fucking jewelry apart, some people fucking fixing things, other people just talking, got fucking people smoking drugs over there snorting drugs over there people fighting outside like just random just like surrounding yourself with as many distractions as you can you don't care how dangerous they are how detrimental they are to your health to your psyche to your well-being to your personality and you just stick around just because you know you're too scared to be alone that thing that I was so good at, man. Whenever I was a freshman in high school and I had no prospects of a relationship. I had no idea what a real relationship felt like. You know, I was good at being alone. But then once you got that first quote-unquote heartbreak, you know, you finally 
you convince yourself that oh i'm not as good alone you know, i need somebody around me i need something to make me feel better about being alone and yeah man it's crazy to think that that's the catalyst of my um addictions and my dependency on um on outside sources one i shouldn't have dropped out of school i regret that shit every day because you know it, it i mean by the time i was 18 and i was seeing my class graduate you know i was seeing people go to prom you know seeing little things that i thought were super fucking annoying in school like football games like i'm not into sports at all like football games pep rallies you know like talent shows um and then of course graduation and i see all these things going down seeing all these people that i've grown up with experiencing these things that i i chose not to experience and at the time you know you didn't you don't realize how important those experiences are and uh, i think fuck man by the time i was 21 i'd been homeless for 2 years i'd you know been addicted to drugs on and off drugs for a while and i was finally deciding to like better myself at like 20 21 and i was thinking back i was like oh whoa damn it's been almost it's been 5 years since i dropped out of school and i'm i'm st- I have no GED, I have uh, no license, no social security card, I lost my wallet, I'm homeless. Oh, I wasn't 20, uh, homeless at 21, but like, I just got out of, off of the streets at 20. Like, halfway through 20, so I'd only been off the streets for like six months, and I was like, I'm never gonna be able to know what it feels like to go to prom or like, you know do those innocent things that I I thought I was too good for and I threw a lot of things away I threw a lot of opportunities away but that's sulking I'm not gonna sulk and I'm not gonna regret any decision I've ever made because that my decision led me to to learn a lot of things about myself that I may not have learned if I had chose to live my life differently and honestly the fact that I did go through the things I went through. Shows a lot about who I was and who I am now. And I don't know. I'm excited to see where the hell I'm going to go from here. Because finally adopting that uh, I'm alright with being alone mind frame. Because I mean, it's it's a fucking inevitable. I mean, yeah, there's fucking people who got together and they've stayed together for their whole lives, but, you know, compared to compared to how many people break up and how many marriages end or shit, dude, even people who do stay together forever, eventually that person's going to die. That person's heart is going to stop. Their chest is going to go up for the last time and down for the last time they're gonna close their fucking eyes and they're gonna say hello to the pearly gates and you're gonna be alone period that's the only thing that that is fucking inevitable in life is fucking you are gonna be alone and taxes i mean Pretty much, I mean, you're gonna be alone one day. And 
when you're laying down in that fucking coffin and you've taken that last breath and then fucking rabid pelicans and toucans and birds from Nicaragua have devoured you up and and you're done with this lifetime if there is reincarnation or other lifetimes or afterlife when you're done with this one ain't nobody gonna be in that coffin with you nothing there's not gonna be no thing and nobody going in that coffin with you unless somebody puts it in there for you and if they do that's disrespectful it's your coffin man and it doesn't matter because this flesh and bone little capsule that we're in right now it's temp it's motherfucking temp it's a substitute teacher dude it ain't gonna be here for long Treat it with respect. Treat it with love. Because this is your capsule. For this. For this important fragment. And what is the eternal lifetime. Of your spirit. And your spirit goes on and on man. I think in my opinion. Like I used to be into like. Hare Krishna. That's another one of those lifetimes I went through. Whenever I was homeless. Or no. uh, Right before I was homeless. I was working at a Sonic here in San Antonio, and these Hare Krishna devotees came in, and they handed us, like, a bunch of books, and one of the books had John Lennon and George Harrison on it, and I was, like, going through a real big Beatles phase, then, you know, I fucking love the Beatles, I still love the Beatles to this day, even though, uh, I think John Lennon's a fucking woman beater, and that came out, but Yoko is just like, I don't care, I love him so much, and, uh, so I read that book and I got really into Hare Krishna for a while. You know, I did the whole chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. You know, I did the chants and the mantras and the meditations and shit like that. And um, they explained life. It's a branch off of Hinduism, I believe. And they, they described a life as like a giant piece of thread with a, a bunch of knots in it. And each knot represents a lifetime that you've lived that is full of karma and karmic relationships, I guess, is what they're called. And, you know, a life of selfish, selfless acts, making something else the focal point of your living instead of fixing your your own karmic history and... Uh, Every time you can undo one of those knots and move on to another lifetime in which you've undone karma from your last lifetime, you're closer to divinity, whatever that is, whatever nirvana is. It's not just a band from the 90s. You know, whatever nirvana is, whatever that that uh, that full enlightenment really is, I think that's the fucking goal, man, that, that goal of self. And I think... You know, like Shaolin monks and stuff like that, they can really, like, get in tune with the earth like using vibrations and meditations and hemi-sync getting their their brain frequencies to match the frequencies of the earth's ionosphere uh and being able to escape time and space and and live in the unity that is existence and consciousness and um i think i'll something that would help that and aid us in being able to do that willingly and efficiently is being alone you know being in tune with ourselves being in tuned 
with who we truly are by ourselves and not who we are with this person, not who we are with this thing, with this animal, with this amount of money, with this kind of house, with this kind of car, like who we are when you strip away all the excess. And I think once we're able to do that, I think there, there, anything is possible. And uh, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right now. I'm going to try my very best to to not self-destruct. And when I start feeling self-destructive tendencies or thoughts or attitudes are creeping up on me. Because they do, man. Sometimes you get that like shocking feeling like in your jaw and your neck like where your pulse is you feel that like shock and you're just like hmm I feel like talking some shit you know <laughs> I get that a lot and I have to I'm like lately I've just been trying to say hey man just stifle that like there's plenty of great things that you can be doing with yourself with your time rather than you know being mad being angry at your choices your past your present your future because you don't know what the future is going to be and the present is the past now so you know we just gotta fucking we gotta make this shit real we gotta really fucking we gotta make this shit count because i do believe a lifetime is eternal and it has eternal lessons and it's just whether or not we want to learn them it's a, it's a question and I'm ready to learn from myself and I'm ready to see what my potential is and I know I have potential and so does you know this girl B my current ex she, she knows I have potential but she also knows that with my personality and with how broken I am spiritually and uh, how I hold myself and how I think of myself alone uh, she knows that, you know, staying together would only enable me to be dependent on her, dependent on her love, dependent on her acceptance, her perception, and oh, God, dude, I admire that about her so much. She's so smart. She's such. She's way older than she is, like by years, by uh, mentally and spiritually. She's. She's an old soul. Like, she's so mature. She's taught me so much. And she's only 25. And, you know, I'm 27. <clears throat> but she's taught me so much. And I'm very grateful to have had her in my life. And I'm, I think everybody has that person in their life. Maybe not somebody they've dated, but somebody they've had in their life that was just like, wow, this person is very smart and very wise for their age. And I'm very fortunate to be able to be associated with somebody so um, in tune with what needs to be done and even if they're struggling to do it themselves they at least you know plant that seed in you and help you realize that for yourself as well and uh, yeah this is just a quick episode uh, just wanted to announce the death of the old Robert and the birth of a new one I'm um, I'm ready 
I'm ready for this life. I'm ready for this next chapter. I'm ready to to do better. If you uh, have any suggestions for uh, topics for the show, questions about me, if you want to just talk shit, email me at uh, mindlessofficial at gmail.com on Instagram at mindlessofficial and Twitter, mindlessofficial at mindlessofficia and that is official without the L. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.